Welcome to Muscle Talk, where you'll get world champion advice about nutrition and stacking on muscle. Our host, Christine Enville, she's a three-time world champion bodybuilder, an IFBB professional, a food scientist, and a founding co-owner of our podcast sponsor, International Protein. In this episode, we discuss grass-fed versus organic. Which is better? Do different countries market these terms differently? What's the difference and what does it mean in your protein powder? Okay, Christine, today I would like to discuss the difference between grass-fed versus organic. Okay, and obviously that's as it relates to protein powder or just in general? No, protein powder. Protein powder, cool. Yes, there is a difference. I guess we better clarify that up because I think people do think that those terms are maybe a little bit interchangeable. Mm -hmm. So with organic, and this does slightly differ from from country to country, and some countries still don't actually have a way of defining organic, but when it comes to milk, what it means is that the cow who gave the milk hasn't been given any growth hormones, antibiotics, been fed any genetically modified food or given any other kind of artificial chemicals, so to speak. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they've been grass-fed. It means that they have to have had at least 30% of their food from grass-fed. So that's a really, really, I guess the key difference there is that... So organic doesn't necessarily mean grass-fed. No. They've had to have 30%. 30%. So I think they said it's something like 120 days out of the year mm-hmm. they need to be eating what, else, what else would they be eating? Grains. Grains. Yeah. Grain, I think grains is the main thing. They actually they, used to have um, a farm with 42 steers on it and we gave them muesli. Muesli. Yeah, it, was a, it was a grain. It was muesli. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I found that funny. It, I still it, find it funny now. Did you just call it muesli or no, was, it was it actually it was called? branded muesli. M-O-O. Anyway. So, and, and, I, and I guess this is, I, I digress a little bit here and I probably didn't start talking about. Americans are not going to understand that though. Muesli is the word for granola. Granola, that's yes, right. Yes. Granola. They so, were feeding you. You were feeding them granola, which I guess, yeah, with oats and anyway. oats and stuff. But yes, that's a grain. And the way that the cow's digestive system is set up is it is supposed to eat grass. Yeah. So that is that is obviously a, a key difference there that it's partially grass fed. Not saying that it can't be also grass fed. So if you have organic and grass fed, that is pretty much like the gold standard. I don't know if there is anything which covers off on both of those things. But so when it comes to the organic side of it, there's not necessarily as much of an impact on the nutrition of the milk as much as the health of the cow and the mm-hmm. holisticness of the cow, if that makes sense. So, yep. And also to be called organic, it's supposed to also follow through that entire chain and process. And it is actually quite a process in terms of the handling of it like the entire facility, particularly in Australia, needs to be classified as organic and anything which is not organic separated from the organic so there can't be any kind of crossover. Technically then the soil, the grass, when they do eat the grass, there should be no um, pesticides used on the grass because that I, I guess it has to be that holistic view that organic means that there's been no chemicals in contact with any part of this process. Mm-hmm. So that's the organic side of it. On the grass-fed side of it, this is where I guess it gets a little more interesting because obviously it is supposed to be grass-fed. Again, there is definition differences around the world. But so, I'm, so I'm getting a wee bit of a feeling that this is a bit of a marketing term. Uh, depending on where you are. Yeah. Well, so for example, somewhere like Australia, somewhere like New Zealand, where we have an abundance of grass and the cows are able to eat probably, you know, majority, and I believe like Fonterra is like 96% of the feed is grass. Mm -hmm. Some of the UK standards is pretty much that 
30 percent 120 days but they don't call it grass-fed as much I think they call it like pasture pure or they have some other kind of way of defining it so grass-fed is I guess relatively new and not as well regulated as what organic is because organic's been around for quite a long time and there's some you know really to get registered as organic there's a you know you can't just slap an organic sticker on your product basically even though people do to properly get it um, certified there's specific organizations that you go through to get that and then but again with organic you know like when it comes to an overall food there's still certain things which are allowed to be non-organic because they understand that to get certain tiny little ingredients is very hard to get organic um so the bulk of the food has to be so there's always those little caveats but then when it comes to to whey i know a few years ago there was an organic whey that was kind of floating around but it was just so expensive that unfortunately in the sports industry nobody wanted to look at it you know unfortunately as much as we all say that we're so worried about our health or worried about performance at the same time when it comes to spending a little bit of extra money just as a general trend i do find that people will err towards the cheaper even if it's not as good. And that's just a, a thing that I see as a trend. It's obviously not a, it's, it's a blanket statement and there's obviously people who do very much care about it, but just my my general observation of the industry as a whole is that it's still more price-driven because people aren't necessarily differentiating between different types of protein and, and different qualities of protein. Some people do, but majority don't. They just go, oh, it's way they don't really look much further than that. And obviously, um, and then, you know, the grass fed, we choose to use grass fed in our products. Some people care, some people don't care. So that's just what we observe. You know, some people, they will happily buy something because it tastes better or well, it's Looking cheap. at Google Trends, there's um, there's a lot of searches for grass fed products. So, so it's, yeah, so it means it's on the rise because as I said, it's relatively new and 10 years ago, people could have cared less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's obviously something that's changing. But in, yeah, in the search that I did, there's definitely like it, as I say, it's not a highly defined way of, of saying, okay, this is grass fed and it all meets the same standard. So depending on where it comes from, right. there can be a difference. So as I said, over. So grass fed from Australia and New Zealand is probably some of the best grass fed product around the world. Yeah. yeah. And, and other countries where there is an abundance of natural. Is that where the cows are in sheds and they get in fed grain sort of thing? They don't have their backs to the sun. So the general animal is not as healthy. Is that, is that it, what, kind of what we're talking about here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that can be because of weather conditions. Like you think yeah. about climate around the world and not like some places have a very, very severe winter. Yeah. There isn't grass available because it's frozen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not necessarily because someone's done something wrong, but you know, the cow's going to starve otherwise. And that's again, why they don't have, it must be 100% of the time grass fed because they would have dead cows mm-hmm. basically. And same thing applies to um, collagen, interestingly enough, where um, even though we, I guess I'm, I'm going to talk about that because it's not just whey, it's obviously collagen falls into that same boat where people kind of ask, you know, is the collagen coming from a cow which has been grass fed? Talking to someone who works in that industry, kind of getting actually quite emotional and quite upset, kind of saying, look, you know, you'd rather have what a starved cow and, we feed it grain or you want to have it hundred percent grass fed and have it die because um, some of the places where they, you know, the cattle are raised are, um, you know, the, the climate doesn't lend itself to them having grass all year round. And even though you can, I guess, give them hay, it's no longer fresh grass. Cause I think that's what we're talking about here. We're not just talking about was it once upon a time grass because hay is grass, but mm-hmm. it's died and dried up and some of the vitamins and that have obviously died off because some of them, you know, need to be still alive. Some of you know, once they've been exposed to heat, light, they tend to break down. So it's not the same thing as having 
fresh grass as to having straw, which yeah. comes from grass. So yeah. that would be another feed source, um, grain and still grass, but just dried mm-hmm. hay, basically what we call in Australia. I don't know what they call it in America, but we call it hay. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually growing up on a farm, that was just the natural process. You know, we had fresh grass in the summer. We we had cows, actually. We um, mostly meat cows. We did have a few dairy cows for the actual property, but all through summer, yes, there was grass. We you know we harvested the grass, put it all in bales and then come over winter when there was no grass, literally like you, the cows would go out and get fed. So that was... Yep, same thing in New Zealand. Yeah. Even in the most lush environment, so 100%. Yep. Yeah, so that that's normal. But, um, but just coming back to grass-fed and why it is actually better. So grass-fed impacts the milk. Mm-hmm. So the organic doesn't impact the nutrition of the milk because you're not... Because obviously, like, you know, if you use antibiotics on a cow, you have to withhold those antibiotics or anything around a milking phase. Like, again, I've worked a long time in the dairy industry and every milker truck that comes into a dairy place gets tested for penicillin and antibiotics and if it's over a certain threshold, the milk can't be used, it gets rejected. So it's there's not a chance of anything getting through into the stream. It's just, I guess, that holistic that it was never used in the first place in, a, in an organic but as far as impacting the nutrition of the milk, you're not going to get those antibiotics coming through into the milk. Like that's, uh, again, can't speak for other countries in the world, but definitely in Australia that's not going to happen because of the dairy industry. Europe, again, is even stricter. You know, we again, we've got our registration here for exporting to the EU, the um, European economy, and, um, you know, the, the, the standards that they have around those kind of, you know, penicillins and antibiotics and that in milk is just, really, really tight. So the same kind of thing there, even if it's not organic, you know that that milk is, you know, there's not anything getting into it that shouldn't be in there. Um, but coming back to the grass feed, it has the impact of influencing the actual composition of the milk. So we're talking about more the fat side of it though. We're talking more about like the um, omega fat level, the CLA level, vitamin D level. So all of those type of components, which are fat soluble are better quality are higher in a grass-fed milk. Not a lot of research around, but I have seen some information around the actual amino acid profile of the grass-fed versus the grain-fed because, again, grain's being deficient in certain amino acids and it's not the cow's natural food and the way that its body deals with it. It's not necessarily creating the same quality of milk coming out the other side, you know, when it comes to that. So, yeah, so I guess the idea is that the best quality, most nutritious protein is coming from the grass-fed product. So if there, if it is available, then I would say if you're looking and you're actually concerned about having the best possible quality product, best, poly, best possible quality protein powder, I would be looking for grass-fed. So that's that's really in in a nutshell. Um, there's not there's not really much more I guess I can say because of you know, it the protein side of it, it, it again it is going to change from time of year to time of year because obviously it's a um, a cycle. All the milk isn't given at one particular time. It is given over a season and the milk can change from time to time. And this is just a little side note, not really anything to do with, um, yeah, not necessarily to do with the actual, you know, nutritional quality, but we see things like frothing, you know, like we get mm-hmm. complaints at certain times a year because our protein's gone more frothy. People, oh, there's something wrong with my protein. It's gone frothy. And it's like, no, it's just at different times of year, it does behave differently. And believe it or not, froth can often be an indication of um, of a higher protein content or at least, again, just coming back to normal fresh milk. When, um, when I don't know if anyone remembers the day of when the cappuccino kind of got just like so popular in Melbourne and everyone was making like special frothy milk and, and cappuccino milk and all this sort of stuff so that it held the foam better. 
Um, that's when back when I was working at um, Parmalat Dairies and we had to selectively make the protein higher in the milk so that it would hold its froth and foam better. So unfortunately, like, you know, high protein those type of proteins cause frothing and, and whipping, you know, that, that doesn't mean that the protein's lo- like too low. It's like a very tight band that it needs to change by to create this. But just if anyone is thinking about complaining about their frothy protein, it's not it's not all something that we can control. It's just something that from, you know, again, because the cow's composition of the grass will change from time of year as, you know, as the seasons change, you know, more sun, less sun, temperature, all those kind of things impact the, you know, the grass that they're eating and then hence impact the, the milk that's, that's being produced and, and then obviously the protein powder that's being produced from that. Okay, so let's summarise this. Grass-fed versus organic, and which would you choose? Okay, well, I would definitely choose grass-fed because organic, as I said, it doesn't really impact the nutrition of the or the nutritional composition of the milk, which makes the protein. Whereas the grass-fed impacts the nutritional composition of the milk. The organic side of it, I guess, is more of a a holistic approach to not having any interaction with any kind of artificial components within the food chain. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily imply that if something was, so if something's grass-fed, okay, it's now, to me, similar to like free range when it comes to eggs. So it's Mm -hmm. out in the open, it's eating its natural food in the quantity that it wants. It's not being controlled or dosed out to it. It's a more of a holistic thing as to whether or not that is an issue for you, like whether or not organic is important to you. Now, obviously, I don't. I grew up on a biodynamic farm, which mm-hmm. is which we have talked about in a prior podcast. But that's a whole other level when it comes to what isn't isn't within your food source. But actually, what I was going to say was just because the cow is grass fed and not organic doesn't necessarily mean that every single cow has been dosed up with antibiotics either. Mm-hmm. That well, is, you said the. UK's for, um, rules, for example, was super, or was it the EU? EU, yeah, yeah, yeah. super um, tight. Yeah, so, so that means that they're in pretty. It's pretty good product. Exactly. Yeah. So, and so if a cow is suffering and sick and being given antibiotics, they normally pull it out of the milk giving pool. Yeah. So it doesn't contaminate the rest of the milk. So that, that makes it, a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So when people kind of get all hung up on that, like say it is more just you know because maybe they got fed some soy that does have genetic modification, not saying that that's the case, but like if we're just with a standard product which isn't organic and isn't grass-fed and it's getting grain-fed, then people do worry that there's genetically modified soy is being introduced. And for some people have an issue with that. Other people, not an issue at all. And then you know, so, so it comes down to being more of a, you know, what your philosophical or holistic view and your, your values or, or that type so let, of thing. So let's say we go grass-fed. Are there certain countries that you wouldn't buy from? <laughs> no. probably, probably the UK. Just just from looking at, um, and not that I'm even aware of any, because I mean, this is I guess relating to fresh milk. There's, I'm not aware of any protein powder that is actually. I mean, maybe there is produced for the local market, but we've never been offered any protein powder from the UK. Believe it or not. So I'm assuming it being like they have a lot of cows and still have a lot of space, but it's not something. And again, it's probably because of the issue that they had all those years ago with BSE. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going back a long time now, but I know there was a particular point in time when no protein powder was even allowed to be imported from the UK. So I remember that actually affected Dorian Yates's brand back in the day. Right. And so he was all set to import into Australia and then the whole mad cow thing came up and, and there was like a total ban slapped on bringing anything out of there. So I think like the UK I'd probably be a little bit sceptical about, but Ireland, Germany I know has some very good product. Um, there's some other, I think like Finland or somewhere, which have, again, they, I guess they have that clean 
yeah. air, clean climate, clean, env- clean environment type of idea around them. And, and as I said, the, the EU has some very, very strict standards, but then, you know, I don't know much about Spain or, or those countries, but I've never been offered protein from those areas. Yeah. Um, it's not somewhere that I know if they have a, a strong dairy industry. Um, and again, Brazil, I think, has a very strong dairy industry, but it's not product, which is kind of making its way um, into our market. But yeah, I, I you know, I'd be looking for more of the countries that do have that reputation for being less polluted. So I think, you know, places like Ireland and Australia and New Zealand are always like have a really, really good reputation when it comes to dairy. Thank you very much, Christine. Interesting stuff once again. Words of wisdom. If you like what you've heard, leave us a review and recognise that these bodybuilding tips from International Protein, they're free. So show your support by becoming a loyal International Protein customer, the best supplements money can buy. So jump online, hunt down our product and hit that buy now button.